Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. Podcast for anyone's in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug joined Anders. We discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So, let's talk about it. Aaron, Cody Rhodes has left AEW, or has he? I know there's a lot of speculation that this may be a work. I think that Cody did leave AEW, or if he didn't leave specifically, I think he might have left partially to kind of get like a, a clearer head, maybe see if WWE is going to offer him a little bit more money, which from all accounts, it sounds like maybe they have, but maybe they might have, you know, gone back on that. We're not entirely sure. I will say it's not terrible for Cody to go to WWE. I was thinking about this today and with all the cuts WWE has done and all the people that have left, I was kind of thinking it actually may not be a bad idea to be in WWE right now, despite the terrible booking, despite the terrible storylines. You might actually get featured a little bit more. And Cody Rhodes can go in there with a chip on his shoulder saying like, hey, I want to start another company. I'm going to come in at a very high point and I'll sign a three-year contract, make a whole lot of money and potentially get featured quite a bit or even win a title, you know, uh, win a major title there, which is something I know that he wants to do. I see what you're saying. And in a... A standard company where merit, performance, logic are in play, I would agree with you. But this is the WWE. I think we're all old enough to remember how WCW would typically do it. Uh, you know, they, I'm sorry, how WWF would treat WCW guys, other than like Jericho. He mostly signed them and buried them, unless they were friends with a Sean and they were friends with a Hunter or, you know, when they were desperate, they pushed Austin. I just don't see Cody Rhodes coming in being anything more than what he reached with Cody Rhodes or Stardust last time, which is Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion. He's never going to be a main event player. I also think Vince and company could not resist the urge to bury AEW's founder and show that WWE is so much better than that other Bush League, Little League company. Um, I also don't believe that he's fully gone. I think they mutually agreed to part ways in the sense of take a break. The, the crowd doesn't like you. They're not happy to see you. This this isn't working. I know you're refusing to kind of turn heel. So if we really are set on you being a face, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Go away for six months, and when you come back, the crowd might love you again. Let's let's rework some of these ideas that didn't really work. Obviously, the ultra-nationalistic thing was a flop. Let's let Cody Rhodes be Cody Rhodes and maybe be more of the guy that people fell in love with in the Indies because I think that's his best chance to be the face he wants to be. He's not his dad. He doesn't have that just natural innate charisma the same way that Dusty did. But I think he can be a successful face. And he is a good wrestler. Like, I'm not on the hate Cody train, but there are times in which I was just very bored with Cody Rhodes. You know, he should have never been TNT champion for a third time. That was overkill and not necessary. Um, I'm not exactly sure on what's going to happen. There's just been too much speculation on whether he goes to WWE or whether he is going to come back to AEW. <clears throat> so I think it's just, it's unclear right now what, what is going to happen. Um, what I would like to see kind of happen is, uh, and Tony kind of set it up a little bit where he said that he acquired a, or a ring of honor. I would love to see it be the whole fact. He goes, no, no Shane. No, there is no Shane. I would love to see it actually come out and be like, well, Cody acquired ring of honor 
and he goes over there and stays there for a little bit and kind of does what he wants to do, which is be that Triple H figure, and he kind of coaches and leads them up to be a like a NXT 1.0. Yeah, I could see them doing something like that. Um, but at the same time, like with Cody leaving, I know that I know Vince wanted to sign. Like if Vince could sign somebody that he would find be huge. Like I think if he got Jericho, it would be like Vince would be ecstatic. But I think with Cody, he's like, all right, I could do something with him as well because you know he left. But the other thing is that I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do. Is that what? Are they, how are they going to hide his hat, his tattoo? Because that's very obvious what it means. But you Stardust. Know, I don't think that he would come back to do Stardust because then there's no point. Because why? Why would he come back? Like to do that? Like the gimmick he hated. Platinum dust. Platinum dust. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just don't see that that happening. Um, but something that I was uh I was shocked and not shocked, but I shocked he wasn't in yet. But Vader is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean. I'm pretty stoked about that. I mean, Doug, I mean, is there anyone else going in that's that's kind of big right now? Um, I've only heard of Undertaker possibly being the uh, main draw for the Wrestling Hall of Fame this year, which is great. I mean, he deserves it, and he should be their main draw, but we'll see how uh, if they introduce or how many more they introduce and when they actually make the announcements. Well, the rumor is that they're going to have supposedly said come in but we'll we'll see about that um i'm i'm more interested to see i guess uh like there was reports coming out that they were talking about basically making undertaker the only person to get inducted to the hall of fame and you know roger i was kind of curious on your thoughts but i mean would you want him to be the only one and no one else to be shown um because of something we've talked about every year and we've done our hall of fame they put guys in too fast Instead of having a grace period where there's actually some time so you can build up your Hall of Fame, Undertaker retired 2020, was it maybe less than two years ago? And now he's in the Hall of Fame. Edge retired. He was put right immediately in. I'm pretty sure this was true for Austin, for HBK, for all their guys. So if you look at the big names that they have left to induct, it's Triple H. I don't think The Rock is in. I guess you could induct Jericho at some point. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, I mean, no, Batista's in. Is Batista in? Yeah, so is Hunter. I mean, but he didn't go in by himself. So, I mean, there's... Did Evolution can, go in? Uh, not Evolution, but uh, DX went in. How did Batista... Batista went in by himself, but DX Batista went in? went in by himself, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so you're talking, you know, Orton will go in at some point, Hunter will obviously go in at some point. Um, you don't have a lot of people left to put in. You know, either Cena will go in, but it's like, you keep running through everyone. Undertaker kind of by himself might just help to just like space out the timeline because I don't know how many more people they have left without having to go to, and especially with AEW, they're not going to put Jericho in when he's in AEW. So they got to wait for him to be done with that. Um, anybody who is, you know, I don't know if punk would ever even get in, but if he was, they're not going to do it now. Definitely no to Brian Danielson, William Regal, who I think is a hall of fame or won't be it because I mean, so anybody who's with the alternate company certainly isn't going to get in. I don't know how many people they have besides putting in, yeah, I think JBL will get in this year because it's Texas. You'll probably get a lot of Texas. I think he's already in, actually. Is he already in? He, he, yeah, yeah he went last year because they did the weird thing because 2020 didn't get its own, so they did 2020 with 2021. So they added in, seriously, like it was like 20 people. Like it was it was kind of crazy, like way too okay. many. Um, and yeah. they, they do. It's mid-carders, right? I mean, it's going to be the D'Lo Browns of the world, Mark Henry. Actually, Mark Henry's with AEW, so it's like, there's a lot of people now where it's going to be all the guys we loved from the Attitude Era. And I think Godfathers are even already in, but it's going to be from that era. You know, Jeff Jarrettson, 
um, you know, maybe we start to get to now we're talking about going to the 2000s. Are we talking about Dolph Ziggler's getting in the Hall of Fame now soon? And um, I can't remember the mid card from the 2000s because I don't recall it being all that great. But the Val Venuses of the world. Um, yeah, I mean, Hurricane. I mean, I like Hurricane, but he he's shown up on AEW, so I you know I doubt it. He doesn't uh, deserve to be in, but like they're gonna bring him in. And like you said, like there's other guys that, that they're gonna end up bringing into Hall of Fame. You're like, really? Like, is there that it, many? It's no longer yeah. an elite award. It's basically just we needed a body show up because. Uh, and and they added in the like legacy awards too, which are kind of silly because like those are people that you could put in and they added people into the legacy awards that shouldn't necessarily have been there. I get like Bruiser Brody isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea and he was, you know, big in the eighties and then obviously, you know, had a very tragic ending to That's his life. That's a good legacy award. Yep. And I, I understand that, right? Like, cause you know, you don't may not want to bring, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, any sort of light to that. But I want to say it was either Luna Vachon or it was Sherry Martell was also part of that. And it was like, those aren't legacy people. You know, like, I get the 60s. I get the 50s. You know, you want to put Buddy Rogers in as part of the legacy. But, like, Buddy Rogers should be part of the main, you know, because he was the first WWF champion. Like, he should be in there as part of that. That that should be a really big thing. And, um, you know, obviously, Taker deserves it. Vader deserves it. Um, Vader but, had deserved it, it for a long time. This is unfortunately yeah. he should have been inducted while he was alive because mm-hmm. he was one of the best big men of his era. Yeah, he never reached those heights in WWE, but his run in uh, WCW and NJPW, he was, you know, he was that big guy that we talked about. Is like, oh, I'm surprised Vince didn't love him because he felt like everything that Vince would love. A big guy who had an intimidating presence, who could move, he could work, he was stiff. I mean, I. Mm, yeah, it, it's always been one of those big what ifs, but I think, you know, if Brock Lesnar had come along in 96, I don't know that he gets the appropriate push because I saw what they did with Vader and they felt very similar as far as what they could do. Brock was obviously mo- more of an athlete at that point, but, you know, it's just that's the kind of guy that you would prime Vader, you could build a company around, and he is an intimidating force. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what we do for our, uh, you know, picks this year because I feel like we got the big ones out of the way. And so, uh, and we're, and Vince McMahon. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Like the ones that we picked this year, we'll, we'll have to discuss it. And, uh, I know for our next show, we'll, uh, go over that a little bit more in depth, but yeah. Um, so the other thing, you know, speaking of, uh, other big men, like one, one person that kind of remind me of Vader, uh, still is like Keith Lee and, you know, with him coming over to AEW along with, uh, Swerve, uh, Strickland and also Buddy Matthews, you know, that's kind of a, that's an interesting group to come in. I'm more more interested in what you guys feel about buddy Matthews joining. Cause I think Keith Lee, I, I still think he can shine regardless of the backstage stuff. And I think swerve, I'm still surprised that, that, uh, they got rid of him. Cause I thought he was doing great on NXT, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious in your thoughts, Doug, uh, what do you think about the, the recent additions uh, to AEW's lineup? I really like Keith Lee being added. Um, I, you know, we'll see what swerve becomes, but I think, uh, with him acquiring Ring of Honor, maybe they put him over in there. I think he has a lot of development still to go through. Uh, Buddy Matthews, I think, has a great athletic ability, uh, but he still needs to work on a character or something because it's just he's always going to be that guy in the background, I think. And for right now, putting him with the uh, House of Black, I think, is a good idea. Uh, Let Alistair lead everything, and he can just be a little henchman like he always has been. Uh, I think we're also forgetting that Eric Redbeard has joined AEW. Has he officially signed? I thought I saw something that said he did, but 
was, was Revolution just one and done or? Maybe. I did not see anything that said that he was all elite, which is typically what they say when they've signed. Mm-hmm. I think he was just brought in just for the match because um, uh, Ray Phoenix is hurt, I believe. Right. He is hurt, but I mean, when he dislocated his elbow and brought back uh, horrible, horrible memories of my own. Uh, but you know what? Because yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to bring Eric Redbird, Redbeard back, I would have put him in the the dark order. But that's just me. Yeah, um, I like the additions. Keith Lee is feels like a guy who can be in the main event and not look out of place. Certainly compare him with guys like Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. You know, the list goes on and on. No problems with this whatsoever. I, I'm a little shocked at Swerve. I like Swerve, but he he feels like they've already got that role filled. So Ring of Honor might be a great spot for him to start. You know, that mid card is real stacked right now. Like there's a lot of people for three hours worth of television. So I'll be interested to see what he does. I was enjoying the hit row. I thought he was really good in that situation. Not that I think the rest of hit row was all that good, but him as a leader of that type of group, I thought was a really good character for him. And he really did a good job of shining in NXT. I thought his North American championship run was great until 2.0 basically ended it. Um, yeah, as Doug said, Buddy Matthews, great wrestler, never really had a character. His best work has always been a sidekick. Um, I think he was the disciple under Seth Rollins, works well for him. I think as a disciple of the House of Black, it works well for him because he can go in the ring. He's very, very talented. And, you know, what I appreciate about House of Black is they're doing what the Wyatt family never did, which is we're continuing to grow. We're adding numbers. We're becoming more of a force because if you're a cult, you should be adding people. And that's what the House of Black feels like, a cult. Um, with Dark Order being more of a comedy thing now, House of Black is kind of the true um, evil cult that they don't need to be dominant right now, but they're building up their numbers in the background. And at some point, they may be a force. And Aleister Black certainly could be, or Malachi Black um, could certainly be a world champion. And I don't think any of us would say, oh, that looks out of place. So I like the moves. I still think they need to trim some of the fat. There are some people on the roster who I'm like, eh, you know, looking at you, Brian Cage, um, probably don't need to be there anymore. So we'll see. I'm very curious. You know, they've done a pretty good job of rotating TV time, which I appreciate. They've got the dark. They've got elevation, all those things. But um, short of doing a second show, which I think would be a mistake right now, it feels like this roster is starting to get really overcrowded, like really crowded. Yeah, that was what I was going to mention, too, because I was taking a look at who they've signed so far this year. And I think we all agree, like Keith Lee. Like he looks different than everybody else on that roster. And you don't want to be the same as you want to be better or different. And Keith Lee fits that in spades. Somebody like Jake Atlas, I'm sorry, but like he kind of looks like the generic creator wrestler. Like he, he does. And it's nothing like against him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like I would not have signed him. You know, uh, there was Brody King. He looks very different. And he's like six six. He's tatted up. He's a guy like, I get it. I understand why you you signed him. Um, but there are so many other people that, like, you know, Buddy Matthews, it's like, you know, he's fine. But like, if you look at everyone else you just signed, Brian Danielson, uh, you know, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, uh, like all of these folks, you you go like, all right, like, where do I fit in this? And that's why, like what I was saying with uh, Cody Rhodes, like go to WWE. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying like that's the best career move for him. But like if you're trying to pick right now between AEW and WWE, I'm not saying like you you could go to WWE for your developmental to try to get over and become a better wrestler and maybe learn some things. But like you would want to get over so that way you could go to AEW and not just be another guy. I was taking a look just very quickly at some of their 2021 signings and you have like obviously Big Show, you know, he's there. But like 
uh, Captain Sean Dean signed, you know, with them at that point in time. And he was fine. But like, is he somebody that you really want to sign? Is he like a really big deal? Like, he just seems like another body, um, you know, and on Andrade, who I think is fantastic. He at least has storylines going, but I am a little worried that he's going to get lost in the mix. And I think that he's fantastic, but obviously it remains to be seen for him. Um, so, but wait, before we go on, Andy, so this brings up actually an interesting question. If you were Cesaro, Aaron, where are you going? I wouldn't go to AEW. I, I wouldn't. I would actually probably go to New Japan uh, is where I would go. And it's not because I don't think Cesaro is a big talent. But like, that's the thing I would be worried about is uh, Cesaro, um, you know, just getting lost in the shuffle. And like, you know what? He could show up, be like, hey, this is Cesaro. He's a free agent. He just is coming here to wrestle a match. And he could, you know, uh, I don't know. He could wrestle like he could wrestle Brian Cage and get a win over Brian Cage. And that like helps elevate Cage, maybe Um, maybe not him. But like, you know, somebody like that, right? Like somebody who's like up and coming. They get a loss. It's okay though, because it was to Cesaro and Cesaro is great. So. I did like that Eddie Kingston tweeted at him saying that he was too afraid to join AEW. <laughs> um, one thing that uh, I, I, you know, we, we've been talking about, hey, now we need the, you know, Tony needs to trim the fat. You know, I was actually wondering why hasn't he, uh, I always thought that he was doing this for a reason to basically get a bunch of people together, create the union, and then make it so there's a wrestler's union and make it certain things. I always thought that that's what he was his his real goal was on it, but oh well. Well, he's the owner because if there's a union there, he would have to probably pay more money for it, and it's harder to fire people a lot of times. And no offense, but even I was just looking at this Fuego del Sol. Like, no offense, buddy, but like, you know, like it was probably a favor to Sammy, you know, for you. Um, So I will say this: I think people like Fuego del Sol are important, and the reason is you need people who the crowd cares about who can lose a lot. Because if everybody's important, nobody's important. You need guys at the bottom of the card who are going to lose more often than they not, but the crowd's still interested in their matches. And Fuego do Sol loses like almost all of the time, and yet his championship match with Miro was one of the more invested TNT title matches we've ever watched because people want to see the underdog win. And he is, like you said, he's different. He's a luchador who sounds like a guy from Alabama. I think he is from Alabama. So and his connection with Sammy and also the story that they did where he basically exposed the weakness in Miro. So he couldn't capitalize because he wasn't good enough. But it's set up that Sammy was able to. So I actually disagree. Guys like Figo de Sol are interesting. My concern is more like guys like Buddy Matthews can't just lose all the time. They are supposed to be built up like powerhouses, but he's not a main event guy. So you have to thread a bit of a thin line. He's in that same tier with Andrade and all the other mid cutters where it's like you can only have so many of those before you have too many. You get into the Brian Cage, Lance Archer situation where they keep losing all the time. You're like, eh, you're kind of a jobber to the stars now. All right. Yeah, I think for me, it's more like it's not necessarily like he can't wrestle. It was more he can be on. He can do like those dark matches. You know, he can be part of there. He can do a five match stint with us. But like, I'm not going to sign him to a contract with like guaranteed money because like. Do you really want to have that on your balance sheet? You know, at the end of the year, like you, you look at your profits and losses and like Fuego del Sol. It's like, did he really bring in many people? Like, how about we pay for the five matches instead of like 52 weeks out of the year sort of thing? But I do get your point, though, Roger. All right. So let's move on to AEW Revolution. Um, one thing that I hope that AEW with uh, with what what's happening with them, I really hope that they start uh, adding this to all the matches. Where, uh, you know, right, right, we had Jericho take on Eddie Kingston. Uh, of course, uh, thank you, Jericho, for doing the job. 
Um, but something interesting was that Jericho refused the handshake right afterwards, which is Ring of Honor. After every match, you'd always shake hands. There was only a handful of times they actually like played storylines with that. But I thought that was pretty good. But you know, the you know it was a, it was an overall de- like a decent match. I mean, um, uh, Roger, what were your thoughts on this match? For one, I, I loved it. It was a very – I think people said it was an AJPW type match. It was very physical. It was very hard-hitting. These are the type of matches I think Jericho could do. This is at 1996 because Jericho is no longer a cruiserweight. Even though he's leaned down, he's still a heavyweight. So him being in more physical, story-driven matches with a guy like Eddie Kingston, who also not a cruiserweight, as we saw when his shirt came down. He, he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they hit hard, and the crowd was invested. Like The two pops that they got might have been the two loudest pops tonight until we got to the main event. But they were loud. The crowd was into it. I absolutely loved the way that that finish happened with Eddie hitting two um, spinning back fists and like, you know what? I'm going to make this guy tap. And then he hits him in the stretch plum. Jericho fights it out. And then he taps him. I also like, as Andy said, the the handshake thing where Jericho's turning heel. Because let's be honest, Jericho's best work throughout his career has always been a heel. Whether it was the WCW guy in the cruiserweight with the list or Y2J or the best in the world. I'm better than you. And, you, you know, it's like. He's an okay face, but he's a next level heel. And when he is able to be a heel and really unleash who he is, he does work. So Jericho going away from kind of generic, you know, oh, I'm cookie cutter, baby face. Everybody sing my song to the guy who's going to create something new and interesting. He got the list over. The list was stupid. I mean, I mean, people, was it it? He got some word where people were going crazy over, right? Like it. I mean, as a heel, he is, he's next level, and that's where he should be, I, in my opinion, for the remainder of his career. He's just a great heel. That is who he is. So props to him for doing the job, as Andy said. I hope Kingston continues to build up. I'd love to see him get a title shot, not necessarily on the main event again, but he'd be such a good feel-good story, especially if MJF is the next champion like I think he might be. MJF versus Eddie Kingston, where MJF just runs him down as a low-life street thug, not worthy of the championship. I mean, the pop, if he hit the spinning back fist and covered, would be insane for that kind of near fall. So I would love to see Kingston continue to be that guy that people just love. And he never needs to win the title, but he can always be that guy who challenges for the title, and you want to see him win because he's a genuinely good dude. I was kind of surprised that this was the uh, opening match. Uh, I would have put this kind of somewhere in the middle, but it was it was a very good match. I'm very happy for Eddie Kingston getting the win. Um, we'll see where it goes from here, uh, see where Eddie goes on to face anybody and what Jericho does. But it is it's still interesting story wise and really good match. Yeah, this this might have been my match of the night. Like it was it which is tough because like you look at all the matches and we're about to talk about them. I mean, we could all four have different um, matches. I mean, we, we could. And I mean, this one was just really great in the way it started, the way it kept going, the way it ended. Like Roger had said, it was really good. And Jericho had been saying in the lead up to it, if you can beat me, I'll stand up and shake your hand and say you were the better man. He kept saying that and then he didn't do it. So obviously like he's trying to, you know, plant those seeds and he's trying to be a heel. Like I obviously he was doing a lot of heel stuff during that match, but it was so well done. And you know, the thing about Jericho, I know that he'll get a lot of flack, but like he gives back. I mean, he would lose match after match after match to people who they're trying to put over. So, you know, he loses to proud and powerful. He loses to orange Cassidy. You know, he loses to MJF. He loses to Moxley, you know, gives him the title, like to kind of elevate him. And same thing here with Eddie Kingston. I mean, this is something that, you know, to Roger's point, if if Kingston, if Kingston gets a title shot, it makes sense. He beat Jericho. He beat a former world champion, you know, former AEW champion. So if he asked for a title shot, even against Paige, 
it makes sense. It's like, hey, you know, I should be ranked really high because of what I just did. You know, why am I not ranked in the top five? Why am I, you know, not here? So he has a he has a legitimate, uh, you know, beef right there, which I like. So uh, this was great, and I absolutely loved it. And you know, the fact that this was the opener kind of speaks volumes about you know what what we're about to see in some of these later matches. Yeah, and I, I thought the match itself was uh, really good. And I, you know, Eddie Kingston has grown over me over the over the last over the months. So uh, I, I'm really happy to see him that they're actually showcasing him, and he's looking really good. But I, I echo your guys' thoughts. So Wardload, he actually won the Face of Revolution ladder match. Um, I still, I am shocked that he won. But Aaron, uh, do you think that, because I really thought that they were going to have Keith Lee win this. So why do you think that Wardlow got it? Well, so I didn't think Keith Lee was going to win it mostly because Sammy's a face or, you know, mostly a face. And so I thought, you know what, you're going to have a heel win it. And I didn't think that powerhouse Hobbs is necessarily ready for that yet. I like Hobbs. I think he's good in the world that he's in. He's the, the muscle for team Taz, but like Ricky Starks and like, you know, when Roger picked it, I was like, I was kind of surprised. It's like, Oh, apparently we're thinking the same thing when we both picked him. Cause I thought that they would have somebody who could win the title from him. Like, cause I think Sammy, I'm not saying he's had the title that long cause it hasn't been, but it's like, I feel like you could have someone else take that title from him. I don't want to say have like shorter reigns, but you can have like, you know what? Hey, this could get taken off at any time. And Ricky Starks could do that. You know, you could have him win that title and then have Darby win it or have somebody else. And so that's why I picked him. But Wardlow winning, it's like, all right, I kind of know what's going to happen here. Like Wardlow really should dominate Sammy. Like, you know, we're going to see obviously in a couple weeks, but like he should probably dominate. Like we're going to probably see the, the Cody versus um, Brody Lee match is what I'm kind of expecting. But, Wardlow may not face Sammy. Oh, you don't think so? Well, Sammy has to defend the title before. That's true. Yeah. So he may not actually end up facing Wardlow, which is where you could see that kind of Wardlow powerbomb symphony type thing happening. <laughs> so I thought Starks was the most logical choice for the same reasons Aaron said, which is he's a heel. He would be an unofficial double champion. I think it's time for Sammy's reign to end, which I have been, I think it's been underwhelming. It's picked up steam admittedly in the last few months, but because he spent the first um, couple months of his reign being Jericho's, lackey to be quite honest with that feud that never ended um i wasn't all that interested as him as champion which is like i said before it's un- unfortunate he had to follow mirror because mirror had a great run then the cody Rhodes feud didn't do him any favors with the losing the title and then beating dustin and i mean it just so it you know two-thirds of his his title reign's kind of just been trash um and it's been a little bit better lately but i'm kind of just ready for him to move on i think he loses to really to scorpio sky i think it's it's time for him to move on. It's time for him to, you know, if they really are, I'm not huge into Sammy the way some other people are, but if they are serious about moving him up, it's time to move him up. And I think Scorpio Sky holds the championship. He brags about it. Wardlow cashes in. And either A, Spears or MJF cost Wardlow the match, which totally could happen. Or uh, B, Wardlow just wins the championship. And, and you know, there's a lot of different ways it could go. And, you know, we, we don't really necessarily know how this goes, and we'll talk about this later, but... Wardlow is over. That is unquestionably clear. The crowd is into Wardlow. So good move. I probably still would have had Starks win it, but I have no problem with Wardlow winning it. And the match itself was really fun. I like powerhouses and ladder matches. I think they add an element that you don't typically see. You need one or two high flyers, and Christian there was a good kind of guy who can structure it. But getting those powerhouses, the things they can do, it makes the ladder match real fun. It gives a very different dynamic. I thought this match was way better than I expected it was going to be. I had picked Keith Lee just because I thought he was the biggest name to really kind of be in there and be over and had a lot of momentum going to his side. I'm actually glad that he didn't win because I don't want AEW to be the 
oh, look, we can just promote this guy because we just got this huge name from WWE. So I'm glad that they're doing this. Uh, it made sense to me afterwards when Wardlow won. They've been giving him a good push. They've been giving him a good spotlight uh, between Revolutions and – or uh, not Revolution, but uh, Dynamite and uh, Rampage, is it? Mm-hmm. What, what is it on Friday? Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, it is Rampage. Okay. Um, but he's been getting some nice spotlights and everything like that. And with everything going on with him, uh, it was a good good win for him. Uh, I look forward to him. I, I think he beat Sammy to get the title uh, and then hopefully go on to, to do other things with the title and break away from MJF and maybe, you know, develop his own little character. Yeah, I, I, I agree, guys. Um, the other, one, one other thing that was really interesting is that um, Jurassic Express retained. I mean, they, they uh, defended against the Young Bucks. And uh, uh, who else did they defend against, Doug? Uh, Red Dragon. Red Dragon. That's right. And and they still left left the titles on them. So they they still have the straps. I'm still a little shocked. I mean, do do you like the fact that basically two established tag teams um, were able to put over Jurassic Express that way? I, I think it is great for Jurassic Express to to win this match. Gives them legitimacy to their title because they beat the Young Bucks. Uh, which is, I mean, I guess your your bar for tag teams in AEW would be the Young Bucks. Um, but going into this, you kind of knew that Jurassic Express was going to retain just due to the fact that you have Red Dragon and the Young Bucks are going to continue their feud, uh, with everything setting up there. Um, so it made sense to me to pick Jurassic Express, but I think it also elevates them in the fact that they were able to defeat two really good teams, uh, to legitimate, legitimatize their, uh, title run. I like it for the same reasons that Doug said it. Jungle Boy, to me, is a pillar, and he is one of the people you should be building your company around. So this makes them continue to look more legitimate. Beating um, the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks basically for two of their you know, wins is a big deal. Like Those are the last two tag team champions. Those are two of the best teams in AEW and in the world. Um, I will say this. I thought Red Dragon might win. I, I picked Jurassic Express, but there was a couple times that they had me. I was like, I think Red Dragon could have won this because we know they're going to feud with the Bucks eventually, so that could have been over the tag titles. I thought it was a really good match. I am consistently impressed with how good um, Jungle Boy is. Like He pulled out some spots that had me just getting up going, wow, that's insane. So I'm very happy. I'm very curious to see. I want to see them versus FTR. I don't know if they have wrestled for the titles yet, but I think that might end up being a tag match of the year if they let them go. So I really want to see that. I'm excited to see Red Dragon and the Bucks, their kind of feud going forward because I think they had a good fun. You know, This felt like a four and two match at times, and sometimes it was a, a triple threat. So really, really good tag match. I actually thought this match might open the show because this is the kind of match that gets the crowd going wild and going crazy. But in the placement, it still was fine. So, I mean, we kicked off with some really good matches. Yeah, and, you know, for me, I, when I picked Red Dragon, part of it was I looked at the rest of the card and I was like, I picked all title, like, retention, you know? And so I was like, man, I should, you know, like, where could I see, like, a change? And I really, like, for Brit, I was like, I think she's going to retain here. You know, it makes sense for Thunder to, like, you know, knock her off. But I just thought maybe that was too predictable. And so I was like... You know, how many shows do you typically have no title changes? And so, like, I don't know. I thought that was the, the most logical one. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. And Red Dragon, I think, and Young Bucks are going to have probably a better feud than Red Dragon with the titles. All right. But uh, the the next match we, we probably should uh, discuss a little bit. So, um, Aaron, with, uh, you know, Punk defeated MJF in a very mm-hmm. bloody match. Um, do you is this the, is this the time where they need to have one more match or is it is this done? 
is in like, do we need do we, you know as as the as you like to say like, do they need the rubber match, like WWE usually does because you know they have to. I, so, if I were booking this, I would have MJF maybe take a few weeks off, and then come back and start feeling and start um maybe racking up a few other wins, right? Because he has now two losses under his belt this year, one to. Uh, Sean Dean, you know, uh, via DQ, it is what it is. And then obviously a, a real loss to, to punk. And this is an opportunity to have MJF, like kind of go away, come back, rack up a few wins and then go after page, you know, whether it's at double or nothing or uh, at all in all out. Uh, I think that's when I would probably have that go and then have punk come back and be like, wait, I kind of want to shot the title and you and I have unfinished business Maybe it could be his first one. Maybe it could be his like second title defense. You know, I'd like a major pay-per-view that I think would be more interesting. So like I actually probably what I would do is if MJ, uh, MJF wins it at all out, you have the full gear pay-per-view. And then after that's revolution now punk versus MJF at revolution, you know, so punk versus MJF three world, you know, that can be the, the headliner and you could have that in Chicago, have that be a huge deal. Um, that's probably what I would do with that. So I'd kind of go the other way. Um, here's one thing I will say. MJF has a streak going of kind of tainted ways of claiming he won the feud. Moxley cheated and used the um, uh, paradigm shift when it was banned. Jericho cheated because the match was already won. He got the match restarted. And also with Punk, he beat him twice. Punk technically beat him once. So he's going to say he won the feud two to one. They're done. I don't want to see them wrestle anymore. That's it. Great feud. Great storyline. This was an excellent conclusion. I don't need to see them cross paths for another year. My thing now, considering the way the ending played out, and now that he doesn't have Wardlow to back him up, we should start to see MJF come a little bit unhinged. Like, now things have not been going his direction. Like you said, he's already lost twice this year. He doesn't have his heavy muscle. I kind of want – and also, I'd like to see people start doubting him. I'd like to start to see people like, maybe you're not as good as everyone you know has said you are. Actually force him to start proving that he is the guy, and and he is getting angry that people doubt how good he is, and he's starting to rack up. And let him go on a tear beating those lower card guys like Fuego Del Sol and Captain Sean Dean. They should have a rematch, and he just destroys them as he's building up win after win after win. So eventually when he goes after Paige, there's no question about it. Also, his next pay-per-view feud, in my opinion, should be Wardlow. They should be meeting a double or nothing without a question. Um, another thing I think might happen since we had talked about it before – I would not be shocked as if as a punishment for Wardlow not giving him the ring, he wins the championship and MJF forced him to forfeit it to Sean Spears. So he basically says, I own you. So that championship is mine. I said I wouldn't take it. I never said I let you necessarily keep it. So you have a match against Sean Spears. And if he doesn't beat you, you're fired. So they make him lay down against his will. Sean Spears get to say he beat Wardlow. And now you make Wardlow be the valet for Spears for a little bit. And then finally Wardlow snaps and yada, yada, yada. That's what I would do. And I think MJF should find a way to cheat to beat Wardlow because he needs to build himself back up just a little bit because he's lost, you know, two of his last three feuds on pay-per-view. I never agreed with him losing about to Jericho for this reason specifically. Um, but I still think he's the next next in line to be a champion. So I have no problem with this, but I would not have him go away. I would have him do the opposite. He should be everywhere. Every week he should be beating somebody and on like a hell-bent mission to prove that he is still the best of the four pillars, that he is still the future of this company, and have him be irate when people talk about how he couldn't beat Punk and how he couldn't beat Jericho. Because at this point, there's a real question of you you can't beat the top guys yet. Like He, he basically has not won a pay-per-view match against a top guy. Darby is his best win, but he's lost to Jericho. He's lost to 
um, Mox, and he's lost to Punk. He has not beat a main eventer on pay-per-view yet, and that's a bit of a problem. So they should call him out on it. I agree a lot with what Roger was saying. I think Wardlow is going to be MJF's next uh, big feud, um, and he should come back and be perfectly fine with that and everything else that goes on and, and continue being MJF. He doesn't need to face Punk anymore. Uh, if they ever do face again, it should be when one of them has the the AEW title, whether it be Punk wins it or MJF wins it, one of them will have the title and then they can come back and, and, and feud at that point. We don't need it now. Uh, they can do it again later if they ever do it again. All right. And, and you know, one thing that I, I did like, uh, I did like a couple of the uh like the Crimson, uh, was it the Crimson, was it, what is, what is J? Crimson Mask. Thank you. I did like that, which I thought was uh, pretty sweet. But other than that, I mean, like the match itself, uh, I, I was really happy with it. Definitely, I think it's a feud ender. We can, we can definitely move on. So, but uh, the other thing also, uh, so we, Britt Baker um, and, uh, and Jade uh, Cargill actually retained. Um, so now what? Where do we go from here, guys? Uh, Doug, where do you think? Well, they're having a th- number one contender match for uh, to face Britt Baker, and it's going to be Thunder Rosa versus Layla Hirsch. And I'm actually not okay with this being the number one contender match because <gasps> Thunder just lost to Britt Baker. I picked her to win, but she just lost. I thought this was one thing AEW was going to do, is that they aren't going to get – I mean, you lose, you go back to the end of the line, and you really should have your number one contender be the number one person versus the number two person. Um, so. I think with uh, with Thunder just losing so recently, it should probably be Layla Hirsch to be the next feud for Britt Baker, but it won't be a real good feud. I think this is just one of those things where, all right, they're going to face off on a, a dynamite some night, and then we'll we'll move on to the next uh, big feud for her. Um, you know, it was a good solid win for Jade Cargill um, over Tay Conti, and I think that uh, she'll she'll continue to dominate the. TBS championship scene uh, until they actually get a good uh, feud for her going. Yeah. You know, I would say for Jade Cargill, you know, you probably want to have an exit strategy for her. Obviously she's great. She looks like a million dollars. Like, you know, for all the women that, that there are there, like Jade Cargill stands out because she is so different looking. And I mean, she's money. She really is. And so, I would want to think like, okay, you have to have a really over baby face, take that title from her. And I don't know if they really have someone who's just like beloved in the same way, like, you know, like Becky Lynch was, you know, for a while, or, you know, at times you'd have Sasha who's really beloved. Um, I, I don't know if you necessarily have that right now, but I know that like Ruby Soho was somebody who was, but she hasn't been featured that much on TV, at least not lately, at least not on, um, uh, on dynamite. So I don't know. I mean, I would probably say, like, I would think maybe Ruby, like, if you build her back up, she's somebody that potentially could take the title. I don't feel like Red Velvet uh, is a good one to take that title. I think that she's just, she's too small. They've already had their feud that they've had going on, and, and obviously Jade's gotten the better of it. But as far as it goes for um, uh, for Britt Baker, it feels like WWE booking, having Thunder Rosa become number one contender again and then win the title. But I don't know. Maybe they do a cage match. Maybe they do something where literally no one's able to get in. It's, you know, Penner submission in the cage. Uh, that's how you win the title. I could see them maybe going that route again, very WWE esque booking, but 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's maybe a route that you could go for that. Cause I don't know any other woman that they've really built up as much to take that title from Brit. And it could be a while then before that would happen. I love what AEW does, but this was a mistake. Quite frankly, this was a very disappointing match, especially considering their lights out match was one of the matches of the year. This was underwhelming. The crowd was bored. And this isn't the first time that a crowd's been bored with a Britt Baker match. Britt versus Tay Conti was also underwhelming. I thought that might have been a Conti thing, but then Conti versus Jade was actually quite exciting. Crowd kind of got into that. So, um, look, somebody compared Britt Baker's run to Evil and House of Torture, and I'm inclined to say they're probably right. It also reminds me a lot of the Jinder Mahal. Too much interference every single time gets old. Um, JBL had that problem. Like, look, it's a fine trope every now and then. The Undisputed Era were able to do it, but Adam Cole was also putting out five-star classics who cared. I don't agree with using a pay-per-view match to set up a dynamite match, which is what this is doing. J, um, Rosa is going to beat Layla Hirsch for the number one contendership. Then uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam is in Texas, so they're going to have her win the hometown championship in Texas. This match at the pay-per-view should have been a cage match. It should have been to keep out the interference. Mercedes Martinez should have probably come down and stopped Hater and stopped Rebel or Reba or whatever her name is. Britt Baker's title <laughs> has run its course. It, it is done. It needs to be done. I don't like this booking. As Doug said, you lost. You're back of the line. You should not be the number two contender after losing. That's ridiculous. You know, for everything that they did wrong with this match, I think they've done a really good job with the TBS championship. I like that Jade continues to win. I disagree with Aaron on one point. There is a beloved woman babyface who should be built up to take the championship, and I think they are building up, and that's Chris Stantlander. She's the only woman in that division who is about the same size as Jade. She looks like she can stand toe-to-toe with her. People love her. She's with the best friends, so she's over. You let Statlander take out Jade, and I think you have an instant star, and that's a great move. I have no problem with that. That's the exit strategy for Jade as she becomes you know, the ne- one of the next challenges for the women's championship once her face has it. But this Brit Thunder Rosa thing, that was disappointing. I, 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 you know, This was a really good card, but that was by far the worst match of the night. Like That was the only subpar match that I would say – I was bored and waiting for it to end. And then also the sequence was weird. Why does a stomp to the belt not finish you, but a regular stomp does? Like that should have been reversed. It should have been a stomp and then a kick out. And then she did a stomp onto the belt and then it's over. So, you know, it Brits matches. She's getting better. Certainly she's better than she was, uh, you know, when she started. But there's a long way to go. And, and this booking and interference crap kind of needs to stop because otherwise it's the same crap over and over and over again. And I don't care how good you are. That just gets repetitive and boring. And speaking of something that was not repetitive and boring, uh, and also I would argue probably has like a 10-star classic uh, written all over it, Mr. Uh, Uncle Dave. Um, So, Roger, what did you think about Moxley taking on um, Brian Danielson? I mean, like of... I mean, like, I know other matches, but this is by far my favorite match. Like, when it's all said and done, like... What did you think about just just how they built up to it and the fact that they, I think, tore it up? I liked how brutal it was. It felt like a fight. Like, it didn't necessarily feel like they hated each other, but it felt like they were going to beat each other until somebody proved that they were simply just the better man. And I appreciate the simplicity of that. Like, this was just about establishing dominance. This is two alpha males going at it in the ring. I loved the ending um, in the sense of it wasn't a finisher. It wasn't, you know, a submission. It was just a straight, I out-wrestled you, which is how Moxie and Danielson should end. And then I don't know if it can get much better than watching William Regal, of all people, come out and slap the snot out of them. I mean, <laughs> I was probably, you know, going crazy. I was super happy. It was one of two times where I legitimately popped out of my chair and went, oh, that's awesome. So 
I loved it. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes for you know forward. If it's those two plus Regal leading a stable, I'm in. I'm all in because I think that'd be very fun. But I, I don't know that these two are necessarily done. But I wouldn't come back to this so soon. If they're gonna have another match of Double or Nothing, that you know maybe it's a different type of match. Okay, I can watch that because these two are really good. But I don't want to see a best of seven. I don't want this to be WWE five where it's match after match after match after match. I just want to see where this goes next. And I like the idea of Regal leading Garcia and Lee Moriarty and Yuta Wheeler and actually getting those guys into a more violent stable. I'm in. I think that's a great I think it's a great move for them personally. Uh, I, I agree with everything that Roger said except for the ending. I did not like the ending, but it completely made sense though when Regal came out. I get it then. It was all right for that uh, uh, for that purpose. But I, I love this match. It was the brutality. It was, it was two great wrestlers going at it. Um, I just, I, I, I kind of, I kind of despised the Brett finish where he just rolls over on a mat, you know, kind of thing where it's just, it's just one of those things. It, it can happen. I get it. But for, for as brutal of a match that was, I really think somebody should have knocked somebody out. But when you have Regal come out and, and do it, uh, you know, slap him and, and, and make him shake hands and everything like that. Uh, I, I get it. It will set up for hopefully a, a better, not a better feud, but a better match next time where they can have an actual finish. Um, so it, it's, it's wonderful. So I, I'm so happy to see Regal. Uh, I think my initial reaction is like, Oh look, yeah, they send Regal up. Wait, wait a minute. I just said that, right. They just sent Regal out. Oh my God, he is there. Uh, so I was, I was, I'm very excited for him and, and to see what he does in the, the future of AEW. Yeah, no. And I think uh, this kind of highlights uh, one of the points too, is uh, I don't want to say every match felt different, but there was a lot of different styles of wrestling in this pay-per-view. And so it just, it was really nice to see this, you know, right before the, the um, six man tornado tag match. And then of course you had the main event, but to have this there and it just, it, it felt different. And I think that's one of the things that AEW has done so well. So I, you know, I won't belabor the point. I definitely agree with what Roger and, and Doug had said. Now, Andy, let's move on to the main event. You had your favorite wrestler, Adam, uh, taking on Adam. And, um, I got, Definitely, I, I gotta I love ask you. Adam Bomb. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you love anyone named Adam. I know that. Adam Copeland. You're, you were disappointed that I wasn't named Adam. I, I know. Maze. But uh, <laughs> no, but Andy, uh, so Adam Cole and Adam Page went at it. Uh, obviously a great match. But what what were your thoughts overall? Like when, when you saw the match and then like who would you have Adam Page take on next? That's a, that um, that's a tough question, actually, to see who she, he should take on next, because. It's not like in WWE. The one thing that's also different from AEW to WWE is that it's not that, oh, hey, by the way, it's a new month or it's a new week. We need someone to go for the title. It's like, okay, they're planning this out. They've almost planned out the entire run that they're going to have with that title. Um, I I think he should I, – I almost want him to wrestle someone who just came in just to just so they he puts – you know, so he uh, defeats them. Because I think that would that would send a message almost to uh, another company, but <sighs> that this is tough. I think uh, with I think with Cole though, I think Cole he's gonna do. I think he's gonna more stay with like the Red Dragon people, um, with uh, with uh, O'Reilly and uh, Fish. So, but we'll see on that. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just not sure who who Adam should take on next. I mean. Hmm. 
I don't want to say punk because I don't think that's the right person. I think you should have someone who who is relatively new. But uh, what do you thought? What do you think about that, Aaron? Like, which which Adam was the correct one to win, and where do they go? Yeah, you know, partway through, I, you know, Doug and I were. Uh, it was nice that we were able to watch this together, and you know, partway through, I was like, "Well, is Cole going to win this?" Like, it, it kind of felt like Adam Cole was going to win, which is great, right? You know, like. A lot of these matches, we got, you know, a lot of them we got right, a lot of them we got wrong, you know, and like we had different opinions on some of them, and there was a reason behind it. And that's, that's good. Like, there's not a like, oh, we know exactly who's going to win. You know, we talk about there's WWE pay per view uh, last year that we, everyone picked the exact same and we got them all right. That is terrible. That is, that is, that is terrible. That should never happen. And for this, like, I don't know, you know, what we got, but I imagine the person that got best probably got like, you know, it was like five out of 10, you know, uh, correct on it. But um, Doug, to Andy's point, though, um, is there somebody that you maybe think that might be a good fit for Adam Page to take on next? So looking at the AEW rankings, because they actually post this stuff, the person you have next is Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, I don't think he should be the next uh, good feud for Page. Uh, underneath him is Lance Archer, then it's Wardlow, and then it's Dante Martin. I don't have him fighting any of these people. I bring back somebody who hasn't been on the show for a while, and that's Miro. I think Miro should be the next person to take on Adam Page. Not necessarily win the title, but be the next person to have a legitimate shot at taking the title off of Adam Page. I like Miro. I think that's a good choice. Um, he has needs probably needs to build himself up a little bit after those losses to Sammy and um, Daniel Simp. Um, but there is someone who I absolutely want Adam Page to face at Double or Nothing um, in his hometown of Las Vegas. John Moxley. That is exactly who I want Page to be facing. He's already beaten Omega. He has now beaten Danielson, and he's beaten Adam Cole. If he beats Moxley, that is one of the best runs of cementing yourself as a main event guy. You have beaten arguably four of the top five wrestlers in the company with yourself being the fifth. I I can't think of a better choice for him to beat Moxley, and then it's time for him to face MJF. But I think Moxley, because I think they were on a collision course anyway. If Moxley didn't have to, to leave, I think he was going to win the tournament potentially, and he was going to be the guy maybe who faced Paige at some point. But I think Moxley can kind of move away right now, or maybe Danielson and Regal are in his corner. Who knows where they go with that stable? But Moxley versus Paige— because that top five that Doug just listed, none of those are pay-per-view challengers, in my opinion. But John Moxley versus Adam Page is 100% a double or nothing main event. No question about it. I'd love to see it. We know both of them can fight in very physical, really good matches. That's the direction I would go. Those are my next two contenders. It goes from Moxley to MJF. So I think John Moxley is the right choice. I think he can start to show a little bit more of a heelish, violent side against Page. And Moxley has already got a bit of a history with the Dark Order. If you remember, he beat the absolute life out of um, 10. And 10 talked about how next time they fight, they're going to have, you know, some real words about it. So let's restart that feud and that fight. And that's the way it go. I think the match itself was great. Adam Cole always delivers. Like, you know, he is modern day Shawn Michaels in both look and the way that he can just go. I thought he was going to win as well. I think there's a point where the they came out and he hit something and I was like, oh, Cole's a champion. Like, he, he's going to win. And that near fall got me. Like, a really good match. I love whenever those two go out. Adam Cole continues to be exactly as good as he was during his run in NXT. The fact that, you know, he actually got out of NXT shows you how little influence Hunter must have had because I don't think he was ever going to let go of H.B. Cole. Like, not if he was still the one in charge. And, yeah, you know what? I'm excited to see 
where he goes next. I'm excited to see where Page goes next because I think we might be getting closer to Page versus or um, uh, Cole versus Omega, which will be a classic. So you know, and especially if we get something like the Bullet Club versus the Elite, also could be a classic. I'm really excited. You know, this again was another good pay per view. There's only one match that I was disappointed in. If you can give me a pay per view out of three hours where there's only one match that I was like, eh. I'll give you $60, take my money every single time. That was four hours. Plus, if you count the buy-in, it was five. Because I left at 11 o'clock. It didn't feel that long. I'm going to be honest. It flew by. So that was four hours. That's yeah, um, surprising. It, I thought, um, I guess, like, when, when they flow good. Like, it's not, I guess we don't see it too often in WWE anymore. But, like, especially with AEW, especially this show especially was really nice. Just, like, the slow transition and like, I, you know, you can make an argument with uh, which the match order, but at the end of the night, yeah, I, I it flew by like it. Unlike, okay, let's just put it this way. Um, last like Royal Rumble felt like it took forever. I'm just going to, I'm not going to, and the same thing with the Saudi show. I skipped, I ended up not watching all the Saudi show. It just felt like it took forever. This was, it's like, oh, wow, that was good. Oh, that was good. Wow. 20 minutes went by. Like, so kudos to AEW for uh, be able to uh, do that. So, but yeah, AEW I, I thought uh, had a great had a great month this month and great year so far. So let's talk about what happens uh, in the month of March. Uh, we go to we march on to Fastlane or whatever. But anyways, we actually have to talk about WrestleMania because they decided to throw a bunch of uh, celebrities and matches because why not? So uh, we're gonna you know we have Knoxville coming in, we have Logan Paul coming in, we got McAfee, um, and uh, you know right now we we know we have. KO taking on someone huge, but you know, of everything that's happened so far, well, not necessarily taking on, but they're going to have a show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, this is just to set up like Austin stunning KO, getting that massive pop. They're in Texas, so it makes sense. But I um, that's true. I listen to Austin. You think so? He 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 left it much more gray that it could be. We might get more of a. If you remember when we were at WrestleMania, where Rock had a match with Eric Rowan. Oh I, yeah, might get yeah. something like that where it's a very quick match. But he's because you know his last match. He talks about how the last time he wrestled, he lost to Rock at WrestleMania 19, and how it's bothering him, and how he's in ignited a fire. I don't think it's just to come out and stun. I, I think they're really going to push this being Stone Cold wins his final match in WWE in his home state of Texas, massive pop, yada, yada, yada. So I think, and also I'd also be fine with him working a five minute match against KO. I think that's okay. It's a lot more exciting than most of the stuff that they're putting on this card, to be quite honest with you. So um, the idea no, of I, I, a match could yeah, happen. As far as, far as the celebrity involvement goes, um, Andy, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, in the years past, we've had, you know, like Hogan was with Mr. T for WrestleMania one. That was a big reason that people bought WrestleMania one. Um, you know, obviously with all the other celebrities, they had involved with that. You know, you fast forward, you had Snooki in a match, you know, you've had, um, uh, what, what's his face, bad bunny in a match. You've had a lot of people in matches. So like, is this too much though? I mean, having, you know, three celebrities in matches, is that too much or is it like par for the course now? Yeah, it's too much. One thing though, you can't throw a bad bunny in that mix. And same thing with, um, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but once you say it, I'm going to smack myself. Uh, he was an Logan arrow Paul or Pat McAfee. No, no. Uh, arrow. He was an arrow. Gotcha. Oh, um, Steven Steven Mill. Thank you. I think those two guys, you can't put in the same boat. Um, just uh, work ec- work ethic wise, because you can tell that Bad Bunny was not like, you know, like some people come in there, you, they they land pretty flat. He landed like he's been wrestling, 
and same same thing with uh Stephen Amell. Like they you could tell like they cared and they wanted it to look good. And so those guys, you know, that's one thing. Um, I'd put Pat McAfee in that boat as well. His match with Adam Cole was really good. Yeah. Uh well, I think we can go in there with uh Adam Cole. And uh <laughs> he he could easily uh get it to at least a four star. But um yeah, I, I think with that though, I you know, like okay, so there's some people that could do it. Logan Paul does not belong in there, and it's a tad team. Johnny Knoxville is a stunt guy, okay? And I know that you're getting at least those two guys just to, ha- you know, be there. But if you're going to have, like, even someone like Austin there, or if you're going to have, like, Pat McAfee, which I know that, that you know, with him getting, you know, he has a, a national show, uh, you know, on Sirius XM, I, I see that's that's one thing. Like, they're going to get that avenue. You're going to get the YouTubers with Logan Paul. They're trying to find – they were trying to find a TikToker I get to, for a correspondent. But then there was uh, a, a talk that they might have looked for someone to do something in the ring. But who knows? I, th- I thought the, the, there was a talk of a kid named Bryce Hall. I think is what his name was. But anyways, um, yeah, so you, you can't have like celebrities involved. If you want to have them as the, you know, the ring announcer like they used to, um, you know, they ring the bell. Like uh, that stuff's fine. That's where it stops. Don't put them in the ring. So, and then uh, moving on, uh, Roger, Seth Rollins was rumored to have a match against Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is no longer there. Seth Rollins doesn't have a match, you know, currently penciled in. I guess, obviously, thoughts on that, but, like, who would you have him face if you were the booker right now? So, let me just say this. When people say CM Punk was selfish for taking his ball and going home, nonsense like this is exactly why he was justified. Seth freaking Rollins should not be demoted to fighting Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. You know, when we talked about the Royal Rumble, I think Doug defended that finish as, well, if they're, li- if they're building to something further, then I understand why they did this. Seth Rollins should be in the title match. There's no question in my mind it should be a triple threat because I don't really want to see Brock versus Roman 15. And it should be Brock, Roman, and Seth, and they should all be talking about their history. Seth can say, you've never beaten me, Roman, and Brock, I'm one of the few people who's taken a title from you at WrestleMania. Fact. I mean, I think he's the only active person who can say he's beaten Brock Lesnar for a World Heavyweight Championship. Roman's never done it. Kurt Angle's long since retired. Don't think anyone else has taken a title off of Brock at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, Goldberg lost to him at, you know, uh, Drew McIntyre. He'd be the other one. But, you know, it's... It is a waste that maybe the third at worst best wrestler in your company has nothing scheduled. That, I mean, that is that is ridiculous to me. That is that's unacceptable. That's inexcusable. That is just negligence. I mean, that, that's just that's insane to me that you don't have a clear plan for Seth Rollins. As far as who I would have him face, I mean, I would have had him face AJ Styles to be quite honest. But they've already got AJ Styles versus Edge. I I don't know. You know, I would have him facing Roman Reigns. Because I think their chemistry is really good, and the WrestleMania rematch would have been fun. But obviously, he's already got plans for Brock Lesnar. Past that, I I don't know that anyone else has really been built up. You know, um, Bobby Lashley would have been a fun choice, but he's hurt. Big E is a mid Carter again. Sadly, after winning the Money in Bank in the championship, he did not get the push that we thought. I haven't watched obviously in quite some time because the the quality has been so poor. I don't know of anyone. Kevin Owens, I think they're the same alignment, so that wouldn't really work. And I think they've actually already faced Drew WrestleMania. McIntyre? Uh, isn't Drew McIntyre hurt? I no, know. he has I a match, like, though, yeah. against Happy Cor- Corbin. So, Oh, so McIntyre's also being worsened. Okay, yeah, Rollins versus McIntyre. I'd watch that. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it is uh, 
some kind of, you know, a, a perfect microcosm of things that are wrong in WWE. When Seth were freaking Rollins doesn't have a match at WrestleMania yet. Bad Bunny, um, Logan Paul and Johnny Knoxville do. I, I, that is sports entertainment in a nutshell right there. Well, maybe you can special guest referee the uh, women's match. And let me say, I have no problem with celebrity involvement when it's done right. Pete Rose was a highlight of the WrestleMania series there. Mike Tyson <laughs> knocking out Shawn Michaels was a highlight. Mr. T tagging with Hogan was a highlight. There is a way to do celebrity involvement. Uh, Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy escorting Shawn and Diesel, fine. I have no problem with that. If you want to have them be ring announcers, fine. Why are we watching these three? And I don't mind McAfee that much, but I don't need to see him wrestle at Mania. I don't need to see Bad Bunny wrestle at Mania. I don't even know. Is he wrestling this year? Um, I'm not so. Yeah, I need And also, there's a WrestleMania Battle Royal. Why don't you throw all of them in this? Like, that's exactly what that crap is for. Like, throw Knoxville and all of them into the Battle Royal, and then it's one thing we get out of the way. Instead, three matches. Again, this is no longer a wrestling company. This is obviously an entertainment company. This is what Vince wants. So be it. This is not what I enjoy. This is not for me as a fan. Now, uh, moving along to, I think, what might be the bigger match that we would all be looking forward to is it's going to be Edge versus AJ Styles. Doug, are you kind of excited to see this? Is this going to be, like, low-key the, the biggest match that you're looking forward to at this year's WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, this is going to be the match probably to, to watch and everything like that. Um, I'm kind of curious, though, because the last time... You had AJ Styles wrestling, I think, at Big WrestleMania. Who do you take on? Oh, yeah, The Undertaker. So is he going to be somebody that's going to be like, oh, okay, let's bring back an old person to fight AJ Styles at WrestleMania? Um, yeah, well, I mean, if this is how Edge goes out, you know, it's a good match. Why not? All right. So let's thank our sponsor, HostGator, our viewer, blogger. If you're a blogger or podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts, you need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script installs for a free site billing, hands down the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try free demo. It's the easiest and use special coupon code off the mark. You're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out Section 86's off the mark page. Click on the bottom top. Save big on items from WShop.com. So we've talked about it a few times during the show, but it's official. Uh, Tony Khan has bought ring of honor uh so uh aaron do you want to go over some of the interesting facts about the fact that they bought it like any of the details and the possibilities so from from everything that we had heard it sounds like the deal was finished at six o'clock and tony went on air at you know seven or or eight you know uh, local time so it sounds like it was you know razor thin for when they finally finalize the deal and then tony was able to go out start off the show and announce i bought ring of honor and you know i mean it's it's a pretty big moment you now have you know AEW, which is easily the second largest wrestling promotion in the u.s and you know one of the bigger ones in in the world even right now and has reached heights ring of honor and impact never reached you know i think AEW people will say is a very solid number two and in terms of the wrestling product probably surpasses WWE at this point, obviously not in revenue. WWE is going to be far and above number one for the longest time. It is what it is, but to have ring of honor, which has that history there. And obviously the tape library, which I know we'll probably touch on here in a little bit. I mean, that's, that's really huge. The thing that I thought was interesting. I do want to get your guys' take on this was I was listening to uh, uh, Meltzer talk about how 
what he thought Tony should do is completely scrap the Ring of Honor name and instead call, you know, essentially make it AEW. Uh, so like AEW 2.0 sort of thing or AEW, you know, also. And, you know, I, I'm curious what your guys' take is on that, because when I heard that, I was like, you know, I would probably keep the name and keep Ring of Honor and keep that in the Northeast where it's really big, because even though AEW is a bigger name and more well-respected right now, keeping that lineage and keeping that uh, tradition alive with Ring of Honor, I was thinking actually might be a better idea. Um, you know, a lot of the fans will know like, hey, AEW bought this, but, you know, the fans will go to the show because it is Ring of Honor or they have the, you know, certain talent that's on there. So, um, Roger, I want to get your take. What do you what are your thoughts? Do you think that they should rebrand it to be AEW or do you think that keeping it Ring of Honor would be a, a better solution for them or something else? I 100 percent I'm keeping is Ring of Honor, um, not to go too deep into politics, but there's something called balancing the ticket. Right. If you have a northern candidate as the president, you typically want a southern candidate as the vice president because you want to balance the ticket. AW, most of their fan base is that old school NWA group, the Georgia, the Carolinas, the Virginia, the Floridas. You know, that is where they do their work. They go to Chicago and some other places, but their home base is very similar to what WCW's home base was back in the day. Ring of Honor was that northeastern home base. So there is, you know, people in New York, in Massachusetts, they have a built in connection and love to Ring of Honor. Guys like CM Punk cut their teeth there, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, things like that. Look, we all know, those of us who are wrestling fans, that Ring of Honor is a property of AEW. That doesn't mean they still can't be their own NXT. We knew that NXT was a property of WWE, but they were still, quote unquote, a separate entity. I disagree with Meltzer entirely. I would run AEW the way NXT 1.0 was run under Hunter which is this is where I'm going to build the future stars here and now. I'm going to put guys like Dante Martin and all of the young guys who maybe I don't have enough time for right now on Dynamite, but I can build them over in Ring of Honor. That's a great spot for them. I think Cody could be that Triple H for them if they want to. I think William Regal could be William Regal over there. Like, you know, Lee Moriarty and Yuta Rila and Daniel Garcia, they can all feud over real championships now. And you can, you know, the women's division will really benefit from having its own separate TV time because that's the one thing they struggle with right now. They don't get enough time on Dynamite and Rampage until really that TBS championship. But you put them on Ring of Honor, let them compete for their own championships. And, you know, every now and then we could have a dynamite where the Ring of Honor championship is is fought for. And that's kind of like a prize. And that's a big match. Maybe a winner is coming or Battle of the Belts or one of those specials. And that's great. But I think Ring of Honor needs to be its own separate thing, which is on separate rosters. And you can do a draft if you want to. You can say, hey, these guys have been promoted and it's a big deal. You know, not in the draft in the say of like, you know, Raw or SmackDown draft but in the sense of like, hey, uh, we signed this guy. We signed these two, three people this year. They're leaving Ring of Honor. They're coming up to AEW. And here's some new signings that we brought in. And and yeah, you're going to cycle through some talent and some older guys are going to get cut. And that's fine. But. I think that's the way AEW, if they want to sustain, you know, WCW was hot for a few years until they lost young talent. This is what AEW can do to avoid being WCW 2.0. They can continue to be the number one wrestling company in the world. WWE is not a wrestling company anymore. They're an entertainment company. So if you're talking about wrestling, it's AEW and AJPW. That's the discussion. So as long as they continue the momentum and keep their philosophy, I think it's good. The only downside I'll say is if Tony Khan is really serious about booking this as well, he will be burned out. You cannot book Ring of Honor full-time and book AEW full-time. That's too much. you got to have somebody else take over some of this. And that's that's the, also the, what I think the very interesting uh, part about this is, is that, okay, so Tony has to have someone underneath him, someone that he's going to trust that, you know, almost I don't want to say a Kevin Dunn, but you need like that Triple H guy. Um, I actually – I know everyone's talking about Cody, but I've been wanting – I think someone – there's someone already in AEW that I think could handle it. And I, I'm going to throw his name out just because I think he has the mind for it, but like he never really 
I mean, he was okay wrestler. He's a good wrestler, but I think Christopher Daniels, um, I think should be running Ring of Honor. I mean, he came from there. Why don't you put him with you know put him there? And I would you know to a certain extent. I don't know if I think Cody could be there, but I think you need to have someone who you know they they started there. Like if 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 it didn't matter, and I hope Tony does this. I think you should have Daniels run it, and then I think Samoa Joe should be your number two. Because those guys came from there. They know what they're going to want. And you can have input from guys like Brian Danielson. Again, started there. AJ, you know, there's a lot of guys that started their, the time there. So I think that's what they, they should do with it. I think Tony should just be like hands off, completely different thing. Hey, or then say, hey, we're going to have this storyline go here and here. And that should be the the extent of it. So, but I think that's what the, I, I think with Tony also, you know, a, you know, with WWE going to NBC Peacock, um, he, if they want to do the online streaming, like I think that he's going to be pushing for, I, this is one of those things they have to do. But the one thing that um, I'm surprised, and, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn that Ring of Honor owns um, All In. I, if, if I remember right, they own the rights to that pay-per-view. So That's correct. The first pay-per-view for your company, technically, was the one that you couldn't put on your streaming service. And now he has that. So... That's that's also a big deal. And plus, he can he can be that jerk who, let's say, someone is starting to do really good in WWE. Do they start in Ring of Honor? Do they get their time? They could just go ahead and start putting a best of of that guy. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I think the, this is a smart fruit move from to- Tony. I think he needs just to kind of just go away from it, though. So let everyone else uh, run it. Yeah, uh, I just echo everybody else's thoughts. I think this is a good move for AEW. Uh, I think you keep it as Ring of Honor. And you make it the NXT to AEW, um, and just I mean, <laughs> not that NXT already wasn't in uh, developmental for AEW since they pulled so many people from NXT 1.0. Um, but it, it's just it's one of those things. I think this is a, a, a nice touch. I think Tony is very nostalgic about uh, a lot of things, so it'll stay as Ring of Honor. Um, hopefully this does get them a streaming deal and hopefully it's on a service that I already have. So I don't have to buy anything else new. Um, HBO max, HBO max, please. Uh, (laughs) That that's the rumor that I have heard. So we'll, we'll see. Um, it's, it's very exciting time for AEW and, uh, everything that they can do. Uh, it'll be, it'll be nice to see what they, they can accomplish with ring of honor and the new ring of honor especially since most of the wrestlers came from ring of honor or at least did a stint in there. Um, and I think this also gives them a chance to, uh, you know, if, if Daniel Bryan doesn't have a good feud uh, for him in AEW right now, go ahead and go to ring of honor and just, you know, um, make a surprise appearance and, and, and do something there real quick and then come back to uh, AEW when he has a, uh, has something. So I'm, I'm excited for it to keep everything fresh uh and uh keep uh keep the rosters fresh and just have a place for young and developing talent yeah no absolutely and one of the things i i do like about tony khan is his love of history and you know from what we've heard from other wrestlers say like it's crazy like he talks about mid-south or he'll talk about nwa and 
it's that's one of the things I love. I love I love history and I love history of things. Like, why does this matter? What makes this important? It's like because all these great people held this or all these people did this or they came through here. And with Ring of Honor, that's the case. I mean, Ring of Honor has been around for 20 years now. And you look at the amount of talent that went through Ring of Honor and to be able to do best ofs now and to see Adam Colt, his rise to the top. That was actually something uh, I was very lucky when I was uh, living in Seattle. Uh, at that time, I found out that we got Ring of Honor. And so I started recording those and I'd watch them and I got to see Adam Cole's rise. And it was really cool. Like it was like, oh, wow, this guy seems like a big deal. And now I see why you can put out a best of Adam Cole now. And I think that's great. You know, there's so many talent that was there that is now with AEW. So, uh, you know, but to Doug's point, I agree. I hope it's not on a streaming service that, uh, you know, going to have to buy another one. I don't want an AEW one. HBO Max, it seems like it's the big rumor. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we get an announcement soon. I would absolutely love to give them my money and to get the pay-per-views that way. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, you know, yeah, that, be a lot that, easier, that would right? be that would be a, a big deal, especially well, if, like, he, if he has a like because I think what they're going to do is they're still going to continue with that traditional model of, hey, you pay 50 bucks. But, hey, if you get it from the app, thirty dollars. I think yeah, they'll get a do. discount for having the app. I think. But I or think twenty nine ninety nine. Yep. Yeah, and I think that also because if they're going to be something with you know HBO Max, most people are probably paying for that already. Or you know, you're talking like, oh, I'm paying ten dollars. Oh, I get the pay per views. There's three a year. I pay an extra hundred and fifty. Or they'll probably have some another dumb deal where it's like hundred bucks, you get all the pay per views for the year, even if we have ten, like WWE does. But um, yeah, and, and that was the thing with WWE Network was you know we had talked about that on our show like. I mean, how much sense that made. That was insane. It was one of the biggest news stories, you know, I think of like that probably that decade was WWE having their own network. And the fact that you're paying 10 bucks a month for a pay-per-view, essentially, plus all their back, you know, the network stuff. That was insane. And and I, I hope AEW does that. I Having the Ring of Honor stuff on there is going to be great. And, you know, whatever they do to create like best ofs or any sort of documentary style series, I really like that. They don't shy away from mentioning other promotions, which I also like because – Look, you can there's people understand that it's out there. You don't have to promote them, right? You don't have to sit there and talk about how great punk was in WWE, but you can mention like he was there, you know, if it, if the, there's a reason to mention it, you know, um, whereas like WWE would shy away like when, yeah, Ric Flair went away for a little while, but now he's back in WWE. He's like, yeah, I was in TNA. And then they were like, no, no, we don't talk about them. You know, it's like, guys, they're not even your real rival here. So I, and that's one of the things I really like about him. And I, I really hope that this deal works out for them in their favor. Obviously, we're going to see here in the next month or two, uh, you know, kind of what they're planning on doing what, when it comes to Ring of Honor. I'd just like to point out, I called this. I did say I thought Tony Khan was going to buy Ring of Honor like a couple months ago on our show. He did, actually. So I am stealing Doug's power to be predictive of the future. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you can follow the show at Offmark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Roger Cave, Doug Hunt, and Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring.